Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, Go Tigers! This is Coach Bob Brady, Hall of Fame coach and former baseball coach and athletic director at Jackson State University of V.I. Love. You've been listening to the Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. We want our friends and our supporters and all you Tigers out there to get on board. And let's get ready for February. Go Tigers! The Jackson State Division of Athletics announced that the 2021 baseball season tickets are on sale. Fans can expect to see a full slate of SWAT rivals in 2021 and intriguing non-conference games at Bob Brady Field. For more information or to purchase season tickets, visit the JSU ticket office at Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium, call 601-979-2420, or go online at Ticketmaster. The ticket office on campus is closed. Baseball season tickets, general admission, $50, single game, $5, and kids get in for $3. Go Tigers! Tiger fans, get ready for episode 117 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting today's show are Charles Bishop and Neely. Welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. And I want to welcome back in my double play partner on many of these episodes, Neely. Welcome back in, sir. Charles, the Statman Bishop. How you making it, brother? The People's Champ. It's good to have you back in, my man. <laughs> I think I think in 2021 these these nicknames that people have given us are actually going to catch on and stick. But man, it it is uh, good to be here. Always a pleasure to be with you, Charles. And uh, you know, this has been a great time for for JSU athletics. And, and this this uh, past many episodes has gone over. All these months and weeks and days of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club have, have been exciting, man. And the feedback we're getting, the encouragement we're getting, uh, I, I just I think that folks are going to be uh, even happier with this episode. No, oh, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, and 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 one thing about it now, you know, I, like I've told people before when we do Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, you know, we we own up the things. 
you know, we let we let people know, kind of look behind the curtain like the Wizard of Oz and see how this thing works. And we sit around with our super dope producer, D. Corey C., and we talk about upcoming guests and, you know, who's going to host what show and who's going to be on this one and what we'll talk about. And so this particular guest, when I mentioned his name, you know, there was this, this air that I was going to be the one to do this show and to do this show solo. And the Corey C. said, Neely, there is no way Charles Bishop is going to let you do that show alone. Like, this is absolutely <laughs> – there's absolutely no way he's going to be on that show. I said, man, no, I want Charles on the show, you know, because we tag team these things. And so who we have with us, Charles, let's, you know, let's, I don't want to drag out our listeners out there any longer. Who we have with us is a legend in Jackson State baseball, you know, because we're going into the new year and we're going to be getting into baseball season, which had to be derailed because of the virus, uh, you know, the past season. But hopefully as we get into 2021, the outlook will be brighter and, and we can have these kind of sports back. But we have no other than the legend himself, Big, e, Big Easy, Earl Sanders, who was Jackson State baseball legend, drafted in the first round uh, by Toronto. Earl Sanders, man, welcome to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Wow, man, I, I don't know who that guy was you was just uh, introducing. But, <laughs> but I'm excited to meet him. But, man, I tell you, it is a pleasure uh, to be invited to your show. Uh, you know, Brother Bishop, again, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for what you guys are doing. Uh, Brother Neely, you know, of course, you know, hey, we, we have these – you know, these uh, side, side door talks all the time. So uh, mm-hmm. to be on the air, this, this, is a, this is outstanding. We appreciate those words, man. And, you know, this is going to be one of those barbershop kind of shows where we just sit around and talk. Like you said, you and I are accustomed to that. Uh, I don't know if, if some of our conversations that we have in person are ready for the Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club <laughs> Airways, but I know, uh, I know the things that you are passionate about. You know, with HBCU sports, particularly getting young black men into baseball. So we're going to cover a lot of subjects, no holds barred, and uh, we're looking forward to the conversation, Earl. Awesome. Earl, Earl let me say this. And for me, uh, as, as a, a young guy growing up in Jackson, uh, I, that 1986 season, uh, I'm 13 years old. And, and I know you don't know it, but – uh, man, let me tell you, uh, everything you did on the mound at the plate, I was trying to emulate it. <laughs> you were, I mean, uh, from the way you held your glove and the stretch uh, and, and, and uh, the way you walked off the rubber, I mean, the whole night I was a fan of Earl Sanders. And it's the time period. Um, for me, for a lot of us uh, young uh, baseball players in Jackson, uh you, you know, 1984, we had the Jackson Mets, and they were the Texas League uh, champions with Daryl Strawberry and guys like that, Kevin Elster on their team. You know, 85, you, you had, you know, Mississippi State going to the College World Series. But, man, 1986, I had Jackson State, and you guys run to, you know, the, the NCAA regionals. I had Earl Sanders. It was just a very exciting time for me in terms of, of watching Jackson State baseball, something that I had grown up on. Man, wow. When you talk about uh, 84, uh, of course, that was my freshman year at Jackson State. Um, and, again, the Mets were there, uh, and, and it's just something that 
for us as ballplayers at Jackson State to know that we can go right down the street and see some guys that look like us that were really good ball players. Um, and then you roll into 85, you know, with Mississippi State, um, and we had the opportunity to play those guys, uh, you know. And, 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 again, when you tie that all together, uh, you know, Charles, that, that, was, that, that was a really good time for baseball. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. That, that was an exciting time for baseball in the state of Mississippi. Uh, and, and, you know, um, I, I, I just some of the team, uh, your teammates on that team, man, uh, you know, for guys that were, you know, enjoying those Friday, Saturday, Sundays over there at the old uh, Jackson State ballpark, those are really special times for me. And, and I know you don't know this, but uh, I was playing catch. Uh, out by the bullpen uh, one day, and and you were talking to uh, one of the catchers about the way you hold your curveball, and I was transfixed trying to listen in on it. So I had to, I had to <laughs> I still remember that to this day, man. You know, I I got a visualization of when 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 me and Joe, you know, threw that jersey to the kid, and they shared the coke and the tongue. <laughs> That's what it was, man. That's what it was for me. <laughs> oh, you know, man. you know, Earl, Earl, as we as we talk about those days, man. Let, I want to I want to go a little bit prior to Chuck. You know, you're not in Jackson yet. You're in, you're in Moss Point. Talk to us about your recruitment and your decision to come to Jackson State. Oh wait, uh, Coach Brady might get mad at me about this, but uh, I. Uh, you know, and again, you know, I have to always put this out front. Uh, I never considered myself that type of a ball player, but mm-hmm. I played the game because it was fun. Um, you know, just you know, just something that I did. Um, but yeah, but in high school, um, you know, uh, when I look back on it, you know, I, I was a pretty decent ball player, but I was having some issues, uh, some race issues in mm-hmm. high school. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that was a you know, my uh sophomore year and my junior year that was a coach there that really uh put me on the forefront. And so of course every time there was a newspaper article about the baseball team, well guess whose name was in the paper? It was mine. Uh mm-hmm. and so what happened was uh they, they fired him after my junior year and they brought another coach in for my senior year, and they transferred um, three white guys from private schools to Moss Point. So basically that was to say, okay, we're not going to let this guy be the face of our our program. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it, it, you know, of course I had really had a really good year, but it was some, it was some issues that I started dealing with, uh, some race issues. And, of course, my parents talked to me about it. It's like, look, you play the game, you do what you got to do, uh, and everything else will work itself out. And I'm saying that to say I never saw a scholarship in sight. You know, uh, I never saw professional baseball in my future. Uh, I was just playing a game I loved. And when the time came for uh, college, Coach Brady was on the – he was on – he was – scouting a kid in Ocean Springs named Marshall Oliver. Uh, Marshall, uh, outfielder, uh, great arm, could hit. Just so happened, 
we were playing Ocean Springs that day. I pitched that day, uh, struck out 13 hitters from Ocean Springs. Uh, Marshall Oliver, the guy that Coach Braddy came to see, uh, struck Marshall out twice. So Marshall probably had his worst day uh, in high school. And little did I know, Coach Braddy ends up coming to Moss Point that day. Uh, and was talking about, hey, you know, Jackson State's a great place. <laughs> you know, it just kind of out of the blue because we hadn't ever mm-hmm. heard from Coach Brad prior to that. Um, so what happened, my mom, uh, she really was impressed with Coach Brady. And, of course, she also wanted me to have the opportunity to go to a historical black college. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how my journey that's how I ended up at Jackson State because, you know, I had two older brothers that was there, and they used to get frustrated because they used to tell me all the time. They said, man, we used to talk to Coach Brad about you, and Coach Brad would tell, <laughs> tell, you, tell my brother, everybody say their little brother could play. <laughs> that sounded so much like Coach Brad. <laughs> So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of my, because, uh, you know, people always ask that question because, uh, again, I didn't know anything about uh, Jackson State baseball. I didn't know anything about Coach Brady, uh, you know, and I was just like any other black kid that thought I was going to go to a Mississippi State, uh, Tulane, or, you know, that's what, you know, and, and, and that was just a small uh, a vision you know, when I was, you know, when I was coming up because the majority of the guys I played with were white. So mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. kind of what I saw. So, but that's how I ended up at Jackson State. Sure thing. You know, uh, Coach, I-, I wanted to ask, in terms of Coach Brady's impact on your career, uh, uh, talk a little bit about what Coach Brady meant to you uh, 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 as a coach. Oh, man, I, you know, we – we don't have enough time to talk about it. Uh, Coach Brady was a was a mentor. Uh, Coach Brady, you know, uh, taught me how to to be a man. He taught me how to uh, work ethic. You know, uh, you know, because Coach, you know, we didn't have much uh, as far as facility wise and everything when I got to Jackson State. But the way Coach Brady managed uh, his players. Um, and for me, coming in as a freshman and getting the opportunity to play as a freshman, uh, and my numbers were decent, but I struggled. And But he always was like, you know, big guy, look, you got to work a little hard and you're going to be fine. Because I used to get some backlash from some of the upperclassmen because I did play quite a bit as a freshman. And mm-hmm. um, But he just, he just kind of kept me focused on uh, – the opportunity to be uh, a great ball player, and of course, he gave me the opportunity at that time to play dual roles. Because at that time, you know, you had to make a decision when you got to college. And Coach Brady, mm-hmm. uh, he actually, when when he, when I signed, it was all about pitching. Well, of course, mm-hmm. I wanted to swing the bat, so he told me he said, "Now, if you can prove you can hit college pitching, then we'll have a conversation." So, uh, mm-hmm. so for me. That fall, I had a decent, I had a decent fall, and uh, you know, I ended up DHing quite a bit my freshman year. But of course, I pitched uh, quite a bit my freshman year, and 
And, again, he just gave me the opportunity that I don't think anybody else would have gave me uh, to excel in both positions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, Coach, I would, I would like to get uh, – I want to – I'm just speaking of pitching. I want to change up for a second. I would like to get your feedback and Chuck's feedback on something as we talk, as we talk about Coach Brady. So, so, Chuck, I want to give you a quote, right? And, and this, mm-hmm. is, this is from 1986. And this is Coach Bray talking to Roscoe Nance with Black College Sports Review in 86. Now, now listen to what Coach Brady says here. He says he rates with the best of them. He's a big version of Lord Can Boy. He has the potential to be better. When he's out there, he feels he's going to win. You can put him second to nobody. I don't want to sound like he's the best thing since Sugar, but now that's Coach Brady. Talking about <laughs> so what I'm hearing, Chuck, is everybody, little brother, everybody say their little brother can play, but I think Coach Brady learned that he could. So, 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 Coach, like hearing that quote, what your mentor, your coach said about you, what, what does that mean to you? Uh man, it, it's it, it says a lot. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's amazing me that you say that because I have people to this day will still come up to me and say, dude, I talked to your old college coach, man, and he, he still says you're the, you know, it's always something, you know, uh, just, you know, it, it's always just something that I never imagined. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Coach Brady has always been, uh, <clears throat> again, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a uh, – uh, you know, he, he, he laid the foundation. But, yeah, but he has always uh, said it. And, of course, I've never been one to accept compliments. Uh, but, of course, as I get older, I, you know, I, I, I kind of ease into them now. But when, sure. I used to hear that st- when, I, when I used to hear that stuff as a younger, uh, younger guy, uh, you know, I just kind of shrugged it off because sometimes people are – you know, they do certain things just to see what kind of reaction or response uh, that they get out of you. So, um, but, yeah, but Coach Brady, uh, I, I've, I've heard quite a few of those quotes and, and uh, comments that Coach has made, and I, I have nothing but respect uh, for Coach. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, uh, Earl, I, I mean, I, I spent – uh, many uh, uh, a weekend over there uh, watching you guys play. And I, I go back to the 1986 season. Uh, you guys are 34-20, and 16-2 uh, in conference. I, I, I remember that uh, still to this day. I remember the, the, <laughs> the, the win-loss record. Talk to, uh, it's amazing. Talk to us about that 1986 season. Um, and I, I just um, – there were uh, times I remember you on the mound, and uh, that fastball, it was – so distinct to hear your fastball hit the catcher's mitt. Uh, just <laughs> talk about the, the 86 season and, and getting to uh, the, the regionals uh, in terms of trying to get to the College World Series. Man, I, I, you know, you know, I, I, you know, what was crazy, uh, guys, my journey to that 86 season started because of the opportunity Coach Brady gave me. You know, when I got to Jackson State, uh, in 19, the fall of 83, Jackson State had just lost nine ball players to the major league draft, including the number mm-hmm. one pick, Dave Clark. So, Dave Clark, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So, so when I got there as a freshman, 
And again, I'm just old country green kid from Moss Point, so so when it was like nine dudes got drafted, you know, how does that work? So, but then on top of that, when we got our uniforms, uh, of course, Dave Clark was number twenty-five. Well, guess who Coach Brady hands number twenty-five to his freshman year? Mm. That was me. <laughs> So now when people no when come, look, <laughs> and again, now, <laughs> I, I didn't know much about Jackson State baseball, but I just know when people come back, it's like, man, the last dude 125 was the truth. So I'm like, what? You know, but uh, I had, you know, my journey started there. And with Marvin Freeman, uh, Julius McDougal on the team yeah. that year, they were juniors. Well, they were some of the top players in the country as well. So what happened, the scouts used to come to the ball games to see Marvin and Julius. So I'm a freshman. And, again, I got a little playing time, but by the end of that season, my freshman season, I was chosen or recommended to play in one of the top summer league programs in the country, the Cape Cod League. So Hmm. I played in the Cape Cod League. I can't remember, made the all-star or the honor, honor, whatever it was, but did pretty decent at Cape Cod League. So I come back my sophomore year from the competition that I faced in the Cape Cod League. I come back to my sophomore year, I was 8-1. and one. But when you talk about uh, Chuck the fastball, I learned that in the Cape League, you know, those dudes was eating my lunch. So I had to develop another pitch in the Cape League. So when I got to the SWAC, which, of course, you know, brothers, we're proud of our fastball. That's what we did yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so I, I brought something a little different from my freshman year to my sophomore year. So, again, I went 81 uh, and even swinging the bat. You know, I learned how to hit breaking balls and everything in the Cape League that summer. So, I was eight and one as a sophomore. I hit, I think, four, oh four or something like that, uh, thirteen home, something like that. But all of a sudden, I was like, "Dude, I, I might be pretty good." So that after that season, guys, I worked my butt off. I worked my butt off. I mean, started doing extra running, extra hitting, working out, whatever it was. Uh, and when I went to the Alaskan League. Again, that's the that's another top summer league in the country. Did well in Alaska, and that's when I started hearing from the coaches from those other teams. Was like, dude, you got potential to be a number one pick. So now wow. I'm starting to uh, understand. I'm like, okay, number one pick. You know, that means I'm gonna make it. So mm-hmm. my my mindset changed, and we had back to back losing seasons. My freshman year, we were 20 and 34. My sophomore year, we were 20 and 34. So what we did as a class, you know, my class, Darren Wade, Michael Stotts, you know, we were like, dude, look, dude, we got to turn this thing around. So it was a team effort. Everybody got on the same page, and, and we just worked our butt off. And as Tiger Brady always tells me when I see him, he said, Earl, you was our leader. But I didn't see because I wasn't vocal, never been a vocal guy. You know, I just went about my business. And, and when I hear you, Chuck, talk about how you watch me, you know, 
that's what a lot of guys did. I didn't say much, but they watched mm-hmm. what I did uh, every day, and they just kind of rolled that. And I think Coach Brad had mentioned one time, uh, you know, Earl is our stopper. So basically, we on a loser streak or whatever. If he if he calls me to pitch, he's expecting me to win. You know, uh, so when that 86 season got here, we were clicking on all cylinders. Uh, and for me, it was, a, it, it was a very, very exciting ride. Uh, and I have to, to, to tell you guys something that I still, to this day, get frustrated and emotional, and I always apologize to my teammates. That game, the night before, we were to play LSU, the number one team in the country. I missed curfew. I missed the bus. Nobody knows that but my teammates. <clears throat> I missed the bus, missed curfew, missed the bus. Coach Braddy waited on me, and this is what the teammates told me. Coach Braddy waited on me for almost an hour, and I never showed up. So fast forward. The team gets to Baton Rouge. I'm still in Jackson trying to figure out what just happened. Um, mm. So I can't remember if it was Sam Jefferson that took me to to Baton Rouge or my brother. I can't remember, but it, it, it's painful. But the LSU game, I tell people they talk about how well I performed, but, dude, I never topped 90 in that game. Uh, I walked – quite a few guys or whatever, but I just felt like I let the team down, I let Jackson State down because we could have possibly been the first historical black college to win a game in the regionals, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, But the ride was great, but, again, the end of at the end of that ride, I did everything right until the night before the most important game of my college career, uh, and I think that just kind of affected the team, you know, because if you look at it, we uh, I think we made we had about seven, eight, nine errors in that ball game, because uh, you know I come and Coach Brady immediately said, okay, well you gonna start, you know, because uh, if that would have been anybody else, you know, it was over, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he, he wouldn't have played, you mm-hmm. know, he'd had to, he'd had to pay the piper, so. Uh, but I'm always transparent with people about it, you know, because uh, everybody, you know, it's like, man, dudes, you. But, you know, I, I had some flaws. I had some character flaws, and I'm not ashamed to talk about it because I always let want these athletes, especially ones I coach, to understand, hey, you know, you have to do what's right, but you're human. You know, you make a mistake, mm-hmm. you, you, you got to own it, and, uh, and you keep on moving. But uh, 86 – you know that one is. You know I can still I can still see the ride. I mean it, it was awesome. We still talk about that season. Oh man, that that is Chuck. Yeah. I, I'm I'm at a loss for words with that story, man. That's some powerful stuff there. And, yeah, and one thing I can tell much. tell you, man, is uh, to our listeners out there, you know this guy is such a silent assassin, so humble. You know I have I have been uh, uh, to cigar shop, Churchill Smoke Shop in, in Jackson. And, you know, it's a, it's a sports vibe, and, and baseball is on, and everybody in the room is an expert. And uh, Earl Sanders is sitting there, and I kind of look at him and wink, and, you know, I mean, people are talking all around him, have no idea 
you know, who he is <laughs> or what he knows or what he can add to the conversation, and he just winks back and he just let, let them keep on selling. And, you know, he, he may get up, step outside for a call or go to the restroom, and, and I have to step in and say, man, do y'all, y'all realize who y'all are talking about baseball with but not listening to? <laughs> no. And I, and I just I just type in on Google and set my phone down and walk off, and, man, they just get speechless. And he come back like, man, I didn't know, man. You will talk to me, tell me something like, no, no, no. I'm coming to the guru now, you know. Don't call me to learn from the master now, you know. Just go ahead and keep on with, with, with your uh, with your conspiracy theories about baseball. But and that'll do it for part one of our interview with Earl Sanders. Be on the lookout for part two. Once again, thank you to all of our listeners, and be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook, and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Download, subscribe, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.